We are continuing our Linton homily series. Today's homily is the Big Bang Theory, evolution and scientists who are Christian. These homilies for this Linton homily series are all part of each week proofs for God's existence. If you missed the two previous ones, the one on Ash Wednesday and last weekend, you can catch them on our parish website. Just click on the homily link and you can get live stream or in um, different format for podcast. In today's first reading, the book of Genesis, chapter 2, we hear, The Lord God formed man out of the clay of the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life, and so man became a living being. There are some people today who do not believe that God created humanity. But the origins of human life, indeed all life on earth, and the creation of the universe for them happen simply by chance. There are even some Christians, when they read Genesis, like we just heard from, and the accounts of the creation of the universe and life, really struggle to reconcile what they read in the Bible with what they read in a science textbook. However, the Catholic Church has had a long-standing tradition. For us, it's not either or, it's both and. Revelation and reason. Faith and science. Both have parts to play in the discovery for truth. Genesis was never meant to be read as a science textbook. Ask any Jew of the first century Palestine in Jesus' day, they could tell you that. Ask any Jew that that today. It teaches us more about the who and the why of creation, while the role of science is to teach us about the what and how of creation. Thus, scientists who are Christians up and down the generations have never had a problem with breathing with both lungs, science and faith, revelation and reason, as they climb the mountains of questions surrounding our origins and our purpose in this universe. It is the other two groups separately that are problematic. The ones who either only side with science or only side with faith and never the two shall meet. These two groups must learn to breathe with both lungs. If they ever hope to ascend the mountain and discover God in the fullness of truth. Case in point, let's look today at a certain priest, scientist. A priest who is a scientist. For many years, modern physicists throughout the universe thought, thought that the universe had never had a beginning and will never have an end. Then, Georges Lemaitre, a Belgian Catholic priest, turned all their ideas on their head. Born in 1894, Lemaitre studied at a Catholic Jesuit school in France. Then he went on to study civil engineering at the Catholic University of Louvain. After serving with distinction as an officer, during World War I, Lemaitre, a man of faith, returned home and entered the seminary. 
studying to become a priest. But when Lemaitre had also had a great love for math and for physics. After he was ordained in 1923, his bishop sent Lemaitre to study math and science, first at Cambridge, then at Harvard, and then finally at MIT. He became one of the greatest astrophysicists of the 20th century. It might seem odd to us that the church would send a priest to study math and science. But the church also sent a priest, me, four years after I was ordained to get an MBA. Many people think that science and faith have nothing to do with one another. Some even think that they are opposed. The Catholic Church, however, does not believe this. On the contrary, the church believes that all truth is God's truth, if it's truth. That is why great students of faith have demonstrated interest throughout the centuries in disciplines like philosophy and all the natural sciences. When Father Lemaitre's bishop decided to send him to study and then teach physics, he would have remembered how the First Vatican Council echoed the words of St. Paul in his letter to the Romans, declaring that God, quote, can be known with certainty through his works by the light of human reason, unquote. So, Father George Lemaitre continued his works in physics, applying Albert Einstein's general theory of relativity to astrophysics. While Einstein held to the view common at the time that the universe was static and therefore did not have a beginning, Father Lemaitre used the scientific observations that he had about the light emitted from distant galaxies to argue that the universe was expanding and had its origins at a single point, which is the beginning of space and time. At first, Lemaitre's theory was rejected and given a dismissive nickname, the Big Bang Theory. However, as he provided more and more evidence, Lemaitre won over other physicists, including Albert Einstein, Now the Big Bang Theory has become broadly accepted and continues to helpfully inform astrophysics. So yes, that's right, you heard correctly. The Big Bang Theory was created by a Catholic priest. Ironic, isn't it? The Big Bang Theory, less than 100 years later, is now used by people who profess to be atheists or agnostic as their reason for not believing in God because they believe in science. Yet it was created by a Catholic priest for the exact opposite reason, to help his students at university and ultimately the rest of the world understand how God created the universe over 13.8 billion years ago. It just goes to show you that many people today don't truly understand, A, their faith, and what it actually teaches, like our Catholic faith, and B, science, and what it teaches, like the Big Bang, and who taught it and why. What is even more fascinating is when you compare the Big Bang and, the, and also the theory of evolution with creation as found in the book of Genesis. 
which pretty much match up. And that's a homily for another time. Father Lomaitre used the structure of the Genesis account of creation as the design for the Big Bang. That's why it was given a dismissive name, the Big Bang. He didn't come up with it. A man who did not believe in God, but knew the scriptures because he grew up with the scriptures, saw too much of the Genesis account in this priest formulation, and so he gave it that dismissive name. Let me say it another way. Father Lormaitre, this priest scientist, simply observed the science behind the creation of the universe, and all of his math and physics described what happened. And what happened just happens to be what God taught us through divine revelation, which makes sense. Because we believe divine revelation to be true. And what God had done thousands of years ago when he, was tr- when he was forming his people is he taught them in a primitive way, but in a way that still communicated the truth, not science books, but the truth of who created us and why. Revelation teaches the who and the why. And the Big Bang teaches the what and the how. They complement each other, not oppose one another. Here's a little sidebar. Father Lomaitre's work provides a powerful argument for Catholic education. Years of Catholic school, while Lomaitre was growing up, informed him as a person and ultimately shaped and formed his imagination and his work. A good Catholic education teaches reverence for how creation reveals God's providence. It also fosters a Catholic imagination. In other words, it teaches us to see the world through a lens informed by divine revelation and human reason. Father Lermaitre would have known that Genesis shows God creating with the words, let there be light. Where other physicists might think Scripture speaks only to faith and morals, Lemaitre let it inform his entire imagination. When he looked at evidence showing an expanding universe, he could see the pattern revealing a single explosion of light and energy at the beginning of time. Thus, the Big Bang. The universe created with a single explosion of light and energy. God was teaching us this. In the book of Revelation, I'm in the book of Genesis. The church and parishes worldwide invest in Catholic schools like we do as a mission of our parish because we intend to shape and form millions more like George Lemaitre and send them on a lifelong search for truth, climbing up the mountain of questions we have as human beings, breathing with both lungs, reason and revelation. Our world, as we know, desperately needs people who are not just receiving an education to learn how to breathe with one lung, human reason and science alone. That creates deficit individuals. As Catholics, we have an obligation to help ensure that the schools founded by people of faith retain and strengthen their distinctive Catholic identity so that they might educate and form people who use what they learn and live to transform our world to a place better prepared to receive the truth of Christ.
Because we know this as Christians. It is only Jesus Christ who was fully God and fully man that can help us make our world more fully human again. And our world is desperate for this. To become fully human again. We've lost that. What about other scientists? Of course, the modern myth is that most scientists are atheists and agnostic, but it is a modern myth that developed in the less than the last hundred years. Our whole history as a church, 2,000 years, this could not be further from the truth. As we advance in many fields of science, more and more scientists through following the discipline of the scientific method, are discovering God and their search for truth. The last 500 years are filled with many, many examples of Christian scientists. Here are just a few. Look them up and read about their lives, their work, and their faith. Many of these are Catholic scientists. Roger Bacon, grandfather of the scientific method. Nicholas Copernicus, who was the astronomer who originally taught that the earth rotates around the sun rather than the universe rotating around earth. Isaac Newton, founder of classical theoretical physics. Carl Linnaeus, founder of systematic botany. Thomas Edison, inventor of over 1,200 patents. Carl Ludwig Schlegg, pioneer of local anesthesia. Max Planck, founder of quantum physics. Warner von Braun, foremost rocket engineer and space architect. Charles Towns, discovered the principles of the laser. And the list just goes on. And listen to what Albert Einstein, founder of modern physics and the theory of relativity, said about God. Quote, Everyone who is seriously committed to the cultivation of science becomes convinced that in all the laws of the universe is manifest a spirit, capital S, a spirit vastly superior to man and to which we with all our powers must feel humble, unquote. Likewise, listen to what Charles Darwin, founder of the theory of evolution, has to say about God. I have never, quote, I have never denied the existence of God. I think the theory of evolution is fully compatible with faith in God. I think the greatest argument for the existence of God is the impossibility of demonstrating and understanding that the immense universe, sublime above all measure and man, were the result of chance. Oh, how we have distorted this man's words. I find this last quote particularly revealing and fascinating because second only to the Big Bang Theory, the evolution theory is used today by those who don't believe in the existence of God as reasons why they don't believe and they haven't even read the theories. Yet ironically, Darwin was not only a believer in God, he states that his theory of evolution is compatible with faith in God and offers one of the greatest arguments for the existence of God. What Darwin did not deny, what Darwin did deny was that the universe was created by chance. The exact things that we say about him 
on the opposite. Let me end with this story, a true story. A young college student was traveling in the same railway railway compartment as an elderly man who was praying his rosary. The young man scoffed at this and dared to confront the older man. Instead of praying that rosary, superstition, why don't you take the time to learn something substantial like science a little more for yourself? I can send you an instructive book. The old man replied graciously, please send the book at this address. And he handed the young man his card. The card read, Louis Pasteur, Paris Institute of Science. The college student felt quite ashamed. He had planned to give advice to the most famous scholar of his time, the inventor of vaccines, esteemed worldwide and a devotee of the rosary. In our first reading today from the book of Genesis, we learn from revelation that God created humanity, created each of us. As we learn to breathe with both lungs, revelation and reason, each of us will know not only how God created us, but even more importantly, we will know why he created us. Knowing how and why God created us should, if we have our head and our hearts opened, cause us to respond in love to the author of all life who created us because he loved us.